This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views or bloody premium live events. Uh, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight, the first SmackDown of the year. New Year, same old SmackDown, barely anything advertised. They are just front-loading the show with Roman Reigns is medically cleared, and Brock Lesnar's going to show up, and now he's WWE champion. And to be fair... Yeah, as much as I don't like it, that's a really good sell for someone like me. Yeah, it's something, isn't it? I, like, I feel like we should offer a bit of a disclaimer at the start of this podcast. We do our best on these previews um, to analyse the ongoing storylines. We use things that have happened in the weeks prior to inform things that might happen in the weeks ahead. This one's going to be a lot of different ways of saying, what's next? What's the year ahead going to look like? What could possibly be in store for? They're not giving us things other than the big thing. They used a... Um, a well-regarded and well-rated Monday Night Raw to drop a hook for tonight's SmackDown. Not the hook, sadly, he's on the other side, but drop a, a pretty big hook in the uh, the size of Brock Lesnar. Um, the day one, we alluded to this, if you listen to our Raw review, or like, you, you dare not brave it because it's the longest one of the week, go back and give this a go, because I think we kind of covered off quite a lot of SmackDown-related stuff in the form of Brock yeah. Lesnar and his future and all that sort of stuff going on. The make good, as is typical in WWE, was arguably better than the original. Brock Lesnar being inserted into the Fatal Five way kind of zapped a bit of life into that title picture, into that scene. It's developed a bit of a dream match with Bobby Lashley. And in the meantime, it's created a bunch of new questions for the Roman Reigns programme. Whatever was going to happen, potentially at day one with Paul Heyman, has either been put on pause or been scrapped Mm. entirely as he gets back figuratively into bed with Brock Lesnar for this 
the union that they had on Monday Night Raw, but how stable is that? And indeed, how stable will Roman Reigns be now that he's without Paul Heyman, but still with the Brock Lesnar problem? The bailed for bailed stuff is interesting because Brock isn't coming at Roman necessarily to dethrone him now. He's coming at him for fun, isn't he? He had a wry smile at the end of Raw. He had a title slung over his shoulder. He doesn't need any more to dethrone Roman from being the head of the table on SmackDown. He seemingly just wants to wreck him. He just wants to ruin his life or he wants to rattle his cage a little bit. So the narrative has shifted slightly, but in a way that actually might possibly be a little bit more unpredictable than where we were at seven days ago. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be talking uh, more about some of the day one fallout in due course. But I, it, it is astonishing the way things sometimes falls into WWE's lap. The day prior, uh, Michael Hamlet to my beloved Chesterfield, my football team playing a Premier League team at their ground for the first time in 25 years. It's akin to them turning around and saying, right, bad news, guys. Uh, one of our um, attacking midfielders has unfortunately got covid but good news, um, the FA have given a special dispensation to sign Cristiano Ronaldo on a uh, one-match uh, one match signing fee. It's just like, it's a complete blessing because I think the thing is, we were all there going, okay, we all know that we're eventually heading towards uh, Lesnar and Reigns at, at WrestleMania, and that is going to absolutely bang. Just look at the expectation and the excitement around their bloody Saudi match. How often can you say something like that? But we were also like, yeah, they kind of got to get through having a match at day one and shenanigans around that. And then you've still got a few months till till Mania. And this, not that you would obviously wish COVID on anyone, has just sort of meant, oh, yeah, this is a really easy way of keeping them separate. The fans are still kept happy. I thought that main event was sensational at day one. Uh, I've gone back and watched it on numerous occasions already. and. Like you say, now you've still got all the intrigue of whose side is Paul Heyman actually on, but they're on separate shows in terms of title stuff for the time being. We can all probably guess where they're going when it comes to the Royal Rumble and possible shenanigans between the two of them. But like you say, for now, it's just two champions one of which loves to get under the skin and very easily does get under the skin of the other one because of their shared history. Yeah, it's um, what WWE in the position of now. By the way, I just want to say, I'm really glad that you brought Chesterfield into this podcast because there's only one blue brand that are behind this weekend. It's the Mighty Spy, right? Come on, Chesterfield. Come on. Like, put Chelsea in the goddamn mud and I might get around to watching SmackDown if I get the chance. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, again, like, you kind of, like, you, you were kind about it there, but like WWE get a lot of dumb luck, don't they? That's, that's what yeah. goes on. Like they get a lot of dumb luck, but they can often make more with the dumb luck than Vincent Mann's dumb creative vision. So <laughs> we find ourselves in a situation where there's multiple permutations. One I particularly like currently is that, yes, Paul Heyman is a snake and has spied an opportunity to get back in league with Brock Lesnar. Kind of like the path of least resistance, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's very convenient that Brock was free, inserted into a title match uh, right after Paul Heyman had been booted from the bloodline and was kind of a man without an island. But as has been the case with all of the details with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, WWE have thought just enough to make everything tie together. 
Brock Lesnar, for all that he knows who Paul Heyman is and has probably enjoyed toying with, like he was kind of a cat with a mouse with Heyman, wasn't he? Yeah. When Heyman was still with Brock. What he does acknowledge is that Paul Heyman was the one that got him the free agency, which mm. allows Brock to move around and win WWE titles in the first place. So Heyman isn't completely just a rat. He has actually given Brock a reason, maybe not to trust him, but to stick with him. You know, he thought, well, Heyman's little claws worked for me, so I'll, I'll stick around with him a little bit longer. Is that going to be something that, for storyline purposes, WWE will take away tonight? Will Brock and Roman get into such a violent pull-apart that Postman Pierce will tear up that contract in front of Paul Heyman's face and, again, force Paul Heyman back into that situation of Brock thinking, well, I don't really need you anymore. That was kind of what you were good for. And I've just lost that. I've got to go back to Raw now. I can't get to Roman. And then Paul Heyman thinking, well, if they can't get to each other, mm. maybe I can try and tickle the balls of both. You know, <laughs> like there's just, I think there's like, it, it seems to me that if they are, like I wish they were doing Brock and Lashley at the Royal Rumble, uh, the WrestleMania, sorry, a WrestleMania yeah. match suddenly appeared in their lap in the form of Brock and uh, Lashley, but we're getting at the Rumble. So that's what's happening. It's obviously Roman and Brock at WrestleMania, uh, unless otherwise stated. So I do wonder if tonight will be the night that Brock will be forced onto Raw and Raw only for another month. I wonder if something will happen tonight so mm. catastrophic that WWE's board of directors or Pearson, DeVille themselves or whomever will have no choice but to make the call. Maybe Vince McMahon himself can do it on Monday night. He's like, what? Do it again? You can't go down, bro. You've got to stay on Raw. I eat my meat raw. Yeah, I've done that for years, Vince. You know that, I, I punch it in a butcher's to train. Like maybe somebody with power steps in, forces the kind of divide between them that little bit longer. You eventually get the belt off Brock and then you get back on the road to WrestleMania for the Universal title. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like my, uh, well, anyone's really looks that stupid, but particularly someone like Roman Reigns. But I would love the idea, obviously fantastic news, by the way, that Reigns is medically cleared to return. Mm. I think we all got very concerned. This isn't, you know, just just anybody. You know, no one should want COVID or have COVID. But it's also with someone like Roman and obviously his medical history, terrifying news to, to read that he tested positive. Fantastic that he's coming back. But in terms of in terms of him... I would allow an element of stupidity, like you say, if if he gets into something with Brock, that what you suggested there, which I really like, happens, and he sits there with his feet up on SmackDown for a few weeks saying, well, guess that's the Brock Lesnar problem dealt with forever. And you says they're like, yeah, but have you not forgotten what the next pope? Forever, I said, Jimmy and Jay. And then, yeah, probably some shenanigans are going to have to be involved in my booking of, of taking the title off Brock and putting it on Bobby. Or you can just have Bobby beat him because he's mint. Um, and then, oh, how on earth is he going to get a title match at WrestleMania? Oh, wait, he's on the pay-per-view where if you win the 30-man battle royal, you get the title. So he's probably could be number 30 quite easily. Dare I suggest to you Brock Lesnar in a chamber? You know, like there's another way that in which he sort of enters the event. We... I say we, this is all on me. I don't mind taking the blame for this. And maybe it pivots us onto a, a talking point that we can get to now rather than later. There is a, one other man who's been in the middle of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns who isn't Paul Heyman. Can we talk about Sami Zayn? Will he be the guy tonight that will try and broker peace between two giant men that have cruelly battered him on SmackDown when all he's wanted to do is be their associate and be their ally and be their friend? He's been a blast. Maybe he'll be the one 
to sort of step in the middle of it and saying, why are you two so obsessed with fighting each other when you should be worrying about Sami Zayn taking both your titles? I really like the idea of him when he eventually, because let's be honest, I genuinely forgot who was Intercontinental Champion. When he becomes IC Champion with this title shot, he's apparently won through some Christmas going like, I don't know, I stopped watching wrestling over Christmas. <laughs> but I was happy to read about this. Him, maybe at the Rumble, say, in a room, going, up, oh, all three champions, here we are. Like, <laughs> now, it's wishful thinking. Let's talk about Sami Zayn, uh, Hamford, because I've written a question down, and I know, I know what I'm asking here, but nevertheless, I'm going to be even more optimistic in 2022. That's my New Year's resolution. Could it be his year? Because like there's all the talk about him leaving and Owens or Steen leaving, of course, a while back. And that's all gone a bit quiet now. Obviously, Owens has committed his future to WWE. May Sami Zayn do the same? Who knows? But with the, you know, the shadow of AEW, maybe he can work that to his advantage and actually, you know, negotiate, not necessarily creative control, but certainly better storylines for someone like him because he's just brilliant and he's clearly... I think finally broken through that Vince McMahon, I'm not sure about you thing that so many people have to live with for decades, it seems. So could this be his year? I'm not suggesting he's going to become world champion or anything like that. But I mean, if last year's anything to go by, I really, really hope so. Typically on these podcasts, the longer one of those optimistic, hopeful, wide-eyed, curly-whirly questions is, the more (laughs) fun it is. To monosyllabic to go, oh, like, <laughs> you, the listeners don't get to see it, but you get to see the glee in Minus Cedric's eyes as we yet again get to watch your heart shatter into a million pieces. We shouldn't enjoy <laughs> it as much as we do, but like, I don't know, there might be some sort of dad based catharsis going on there. I'm not quite sure you're a grown <laughs> but I'm not going to do that on this occasion because maybe, right? And you've qualified that wisely there. Because it is perhaps folly to imagine that, like, Sami Zayn is going to go on some world title winning unbeaten streak or, <laughs> like, just absolutely cut through all of Smack as, as a heel, no less, as this cartoon heel. But I would argue that, and again, you reference this here, in terms of, like, finally having Vincent Mann figure him out, I would argue that 2021 was kind of Sami Zayn's year. Yeah. Um, you know, like, WrestleMania in a singles match against his best mate. Like the most unlikely of combinations getting there with the big, um, you'll have to remind me which Paul brother it was, Logan. Logan, Jake, yeah. Of, Logan, thank you. Like the, that big celebrity involvement, the follow through stuff. We have still not had, like, I don't know what we're going to get first the Vladimir fan documentary or Sami Zayn's conspiracy one on the network. <laughs> I, like, I'm refreshing my peacock icon every day, waiting to see which one comes first. Like 2021 was good for Sami Zayn and well-earned and overdue mm-hmm. and all of those mm-hmm. things. So I see no reason why 2022 can't be more of the same and better. Um, the Intercontinental title stuff is really interesting because he was a, um, if you recall, a tremendous advocate for Shinsuke Nakamura as Intercontinental Chat. They were a great act once upon a time. He used to dance around Nakamura as he entered. Like he'd bounce all over the screen mm-hmm. like a... Like, like you've just thrown a bouncy ball in a glass box. Sami Zayn was just like, you know, one of those DVD <laughs> screensavers where like you're willing it to like make it to the corner flush. Sami Zayn would do that as Nakamura sort of walked in a straight line around him. So there's nice 
intercontinental title law between the two of them. And there is, of course, and I, I just hope so much WWE lean on this because it's laughable to suggest they can even approach anything as good as that. I would love it if they showed highlights of the Dallas match. Who can forget Zay Nakamura 2016? It's like, well, probably all of us because they can't do this again. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, maybe if Nakamura took Sami Zayn for a surfing lesson, he'd be as enthusiastic as he was in Dallas <laughs> that night. But I can't see him doing it in a wrestling match. Um, I expect Zayn to end this, let's be honest, underbooked and largely forgotten about Intercontinental title reign of Sami Zayn, of Shinsuke Nakamura sooner rather than later. I love the championship uh, committee booking that you've suggested. Hey, lads, big night, eh? Wonder where, I wonder which title one of the winner might pick. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys will take WrestleMania off because they'll come for the real king. Like, I think it's just so much fun to be had. Zayn um, has become what you arguably want more in WWE now. It is one thing to be a utility player. It is one thing to be a heel utility player who is Teflon to no matter what they throw at him. Sometimes the babyface ones are the ones that are maligned because... Yeah, they'll win a few. Yeah, they might get a title shot. Yeah, they might come back from the dead and look like a fish. But then they just go back to losing again. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that's the sort of nightmare of becoming a babyface utility player. As a heel one, you can be embarrassed, you can be humiliated, and then you steal a couple and suddenly you've got a lot of momentum. And Vince finds your hair funny or whatever it is that he chuckles at when Zane's out in there. Of all the wrestlers on SmackDown or indeed in WWE, there are a few, assuming that he signs a contract like his mate did, there are a few that I imagine will have as smoother a time of it as Sami Zayn. Yeah, I, I know it's it's hopeful and, and dreaming, but I, I, I've just got a good feeling. And you know what usually happens when Sorry, I have those. One more, one more thing on this again. Like, if anyone's listening and thinking, why do these two still have any hope for anything in WWE? I just want to make it clear what my metric is for Sami Zayn's good year. Just to refresh if we've got any new listeners or anybody's forgot. This is not me going on a podcast in January saying, mark the calendars, WrestleMania night two, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns. He wins the big one. What I'm saying is, as we always say, somebody I like is going to have a nice time at work. And that's, what I'm saying that's is... Always for. And let's not forget, Jay Cargill just became TBS champion on AW, my first correct prediction of the year. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is Michael Hampler. It's a prediction I may have made before. No, it's not a prediction because I never get predictions wrong. It was a suggestion I may have made before. But 2022, Michael Hamlet, Sami Zayn, a.k.a. Please. Mr. Money in the Bank. Great. Wanted it for ages. Wanted it, like Ever since he's been a heel, it's been perfect. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow! 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the fallout from day one then, Hamlet. Uh Let's stick with the bloodline. We've talked about them a little bit earlier. Who next for them? It seems like they had a brilliant match yet again, of course. Surprise, surprise with the New Day. But it seems like maybe that might have slightly run its course. What do you reckon? Well, this is the problem, isn't it? Um, the New Day match in and of itself, all of us collectively um, previewed it, discussed it, thought about it as, oh, it's that match that's never rubbish. Sure enough, it wasn't rubbish. Did it have any real long-term storyline ramifications? Absolutely not. Like, did the result matter even if the New Day had become tag team champions? No, none of it would have mattered. Like, this was a match just to have a good match because it was a safe bet. But it does speak to a slight problem that has occurred with the Usos for a little while now that we've acknowledged, was that the lazier WWE got with the Bloodline's internal strife, when they pretty much just dropped it cold, the less interesting the Usos became as an act. They were goons, they were running buddies, and they just happened to be tag team champions. So, Wilborn, I pitch it to you. If first time ever, new 2022, new us, can we do the SmackDown game, but with two wrestlers Ooh. that we're going to randomly pair to be surprise number one contenders to the Usos? See, I was thinking you were going to suggest something like Ridge Bloody Holland and Sheamus, even though that'd be a heel versus heel dynamic, but no one really boos the Usos unless they slag off their local town. So, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, right, ready when you are. The usual game. What we do is I loaded up the WWE.com forward slash superstars page uh, for SmackDown. And you'll you'll tell me to stop. You'll pick a number between one and four. And then that'll be the first member of the tag team. There we go. And we'll go from there. Okay, ready when you are. Stop. Okay, number between one, one. and four. One. I'll take the one above. Because number one is Jimmy Uso, so swerve. Happy Corbin. Oh God! Oh no! I don't. And of course, his new tag team partner. Say when. When. Okay, and a number between one and four, please. Two. Oh my God! Oh my God! Honestly. I can't tell you how much I was willing you to say the number two there. Like, I was just, I was Yuri Gellering it through the screen because... I want to point out that we're doing this over Skype today, so I definitely can't see your monitor either. No. This is not a, yeah, just to, for the people listening, this is not a work or anything. Your new... Who we got. Smack, your new... Smack that. Number one contenders. Challenging yeah. the use, so it's going forward. <laughs> Happy Corbin and yeah. his running partner... 
Shanky! <laughs> Get in. I want Shanky to tell jokes. I want Shanky to steal Mad Cat Monster's gimmick and tell some jokes. I, I know we put each other on the spot sometimes. What would be the alliterative uh, name? Because uh, obviously you had Mad Cat Moss straight oh, away, yeah. didn't you? So what? Silly like... Shanky. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Shanky and Corbs. <laughs> the new tag team champions of the sea. Da, 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 da. Oh. Did you imagine that Shanky and Corbs would be the answer to your bullet point what next for the Eustos when I we didn't. started recording? And that's the beauty of this podcast. You never we know. There. We got there. It is this podcast really is the land of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of my cat Moss, actually, shout out to him. He's gonna sound incredibly patronizing, I realise as I say it. Didn't he do well at day one? I really enjoyed that match with Drew McIntyre in terms of, I know it was a it was a glorified TV match. It was on a pay-per-view and I hadn't watched wrestling for two weeks. So I was just ready for just about anything. But I was, I, you could see Mad Cat Moss is definitely one for the future when he gets rid of the whole Mad Cat bit and Corbin probably. But I mean, you look at him, he's obviously a Vince McMahon specimen. But um I, I was pleasantly surprised by it all. Obviously, right decision with the the match result, etc. Um, you sense, well, you sensed. I was going to say post match that this this wasn't over between McIntyre and Corbin uh, in terms of them potentially having a match. And then WWE, to be fair to them, made a very smart decision, injured Drew McIntyre and took him out of the picture for the Rumble and for the foreseeable future. Because yeah, you can't really have Drew in the Rumble. And him, he's not going to not win it. So, yeah, what do you reckon to all that? Well, I, like, I'm glad you did get a lot of enjoyment out of McIntyre and Moss because it could be the last McIntyre match for a while, couldn't it? Yeah. The, I We weren't working. It was a public holiday in the UK on the Monday. And that was when the story broke. So I, I caught wind of it, but then it kind of disappeared under the, the news churn. And obviously there's been plenty of that this week. The reports came out that there was a that Drew was dealing with a real neck injury. And the, the, the injury angle was put in place to legitimately write him off television. I didn't see follow-up stories on that. And I assume there'll be something on that on SmackDown tonight. Mm. I had a, a cursory look before we started recording. But I, again, like it was only quick and I couldn't see much. But I would assume that the right... If the right out is a... It's not a work. He's obviously hurt. But mm. if he could come back sooner than maybe WWE will tell us, maybe he becomes a surprise entrant in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he makes it to the final four or the final two. Or so. I can't see Drew. This doesn't feel like his year, but no. like he makes he makes it to the very end as a surprise comeback with his injury. And then when he's eliminated, he says, "Well, now I am back." Corbin and Moss, you're absolutely because you like did what you did to me at day one. What it's done temporarily, assuming that McIntyre is off television, um, and it's a bit of a swine because obviously Happy Corbin's going to be spread pretty thin with his tag title run. Um, is that it's given it's, it's put a bit of heat on these two clowns, isn't it? Mm. Like they were very much, and we always worried aloud that this was going to happen. It was one thing when they were a mid card concern with Mad Cat Moss's terrible wordplay masquerading as jokes, but because it's Corbin, we always knew that eventually this would actually manifest into something meaningful. Mm. They love him, it doesn't matter if he's when he had his long, greasy hair and his awesome entrance music and his face belly or when he was a constable, or when he was dressed as a waiter, or like any portion of the King of the Ring run, they had the Forgotten Sons with him for a bit. Whatever happens, 
it starts off really trivial. And then Vince is like, man, he's tall though, isn't he? Should we actually give him something to do? Like, I think with every haircut or every shirt change or whatever, Vince forgets it was the same guy from the last time. Hmm. So that's why the pattern keeps repeating. And I would suggest that, like, I don't think the jokes will stop ever. I no. think Mad Cat Moss is a WWE writer's dream. It's probably the one thing that doesn't get red ink on it on a Friday morning, quite honestly. <laughs> like, the terrible lines they come up with is probably the only thing that get, well, yeah, that's perfect. Leave that. Let's get on to ruining whatever it was he suggested for Roman Reigns because you have nailed Mad Cat Moss. Like, what started as that has now been afforded a pretty big injury angle and probably um, a few weeks of... Corbin's saying he's going to win the Royal Rumble and the babyface, TBC, Nakamura maybe as a way to soften it. Cesaro or something. Cesaro and Ricochet have just bounced out of that nothing match with, um, yeah. with Bloody Holland and Sheamus. Someone like that as a, as a sort of a big win for these couple of tits. You know, like something that's actually going to keep them heated for the Rumble. It's ludicrous. Nobody believes it. Nobody buys it. Nobody laughs. It, Baron Cor- like I don't want to be horrible at Baron Corbin because... He comes across like, I don't want to say decent enough fella. It's kind of weird. But like, he just lives his life and he's got a job and he gets paid and that's fine. And I, I don't judge that particularly, but he's a proper audience of one wrestler at this point. He's a guy that Vince enjoys and who else is getting anything out of him or this version of his act or Mad Cat Moss or any of that sort of stuff. Um, so it's not going to, I can't promise it'll be entertaining. I just think he's now going to be featured and then position himself as a Rumble favourite. Yeah, I think that we might get some prop comedy tonight with this. I know it's normally wordplay, but I, I get the feeling that they're going to say, oh, some people have been complaining about what we did to, to Drew McIntyre post-match at day one. But as a make good, uh, we've got him, you know, I don't know, a sword that doubles as a walking stick or whatever. But well, my main yeah. pitch, my main pitch is... They've got him a neck brace, but inexplicably the neck brace has a kilt wrapped around it as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Or like one of those, you know, those um, like prop where it looks like there's like an arrow through your head or something like that. You wear it <laughs> yes. Combination of your two ideas and a neck brace with the sword through it. And, uh, okay. and then he pulls out and he goes, whoa, like, how did I do that? Uh, finally, uh, Hamlet. Uh, as I said, I've been out of the loop for a couple of weeks. So what is going on with Charlotte Flair and Tony Storm? Can't wait to see the next step in this rivalry. Yeah, obviously they didn't have the match at day one. And we all thought the narrative was going to be, he's going to have the better match and put over the younger star. Is it going to be Becky Lynch with Liv Morgan? Or is it going to be Charlotte Flair with Tony Storm? Well, Charlotte Flair was so good at putting over Tony Storm that she put her all the way out of the company entirely, Wilborn. She's gone. She's gone forever. Tony Two Pies, no more. Why would you turn back? Why would you turn your back? I'm getting pied in the face twice. Come on, Tony Storm. You were the you were the market leader. I thought you wanted to be a pro wrestler. So why would you not wrestle for world wrestling entertainment? She's gone, mate. She is absolutely gone. Fair play to her. I completely, completely agree with her going, yeah, I'm out of this. If you're just gonna have me. Did she get rolled up on the Christmas show, basically? She's lost. Well, did she lose the first match to Charlotte? I can't even remember anymore. But yeah, she lost to Charlotte. Um much like Liv lost to Becky, actually. The heat was sort of diffused by the original matches before whatever was going to happen at day one happened. Um, I think she saw the writing on the wall as Pi slid down it too. <laughs> like, I, I can't, like, as you say, really, I can't do anything but respect it. We, um, we cover a lot of the releases because there's a lot of releases. But I do wonder, other than the ones that tell you so on Twitter, how many wrestlers kind of greet the news both ways? 
it would maybe never say it. Why burn a bridge? Why alienate people? All that sort of thing. But you have to wonder, like, they can't just be Tony Storm. In the same way that plenty of wrestlers will be happy, I've no doubt that plenty will be happy with WWE. There'll be plenty that might feel quite dissatisfied with a lot. Mm-hmm. And you do wonder when all the releases drop, like how many thought, you know, I was kind of sitting on this and I, I should have jumped, but instead I've been pushed and I'm quite yeah. glad to be gone. Tony Storm has not waited for a cut. She's not sat around feeling nervous. She's made a, she's like had some agency in her own life. And so she should, so they all should. Um, so yeah, nothing but like best wishes and high hopes for her. And I imagine whatever she does will probably be, received better than this short SmackDown run. And as for Charlotte Flair, I feel like we're running out of people who can make her feel like Charlotte Flair again. Yeah. It's not been, we're kind of like, we're in a position here where we're going to have the opposite conversation about Sami Zayn, about Charlotte Flair. 2021 was a really, really bad year. Um, There was flashes of excellence. Um, The Money in the Bank match against Rhea Ripley, a total joy. Like an absolute ripper. Oh yeah. In the face of in the face of one of the worst storylines of the year as well. You know, so like just incredible work. The Becky Lynch match was awesome in its own strange, idiosyncratic way. But what got us there, probably the single worst segment of the year in terms of the belt swap. Mm. Like so Charlotte's best stuff is tainted by some of the very worst. And when she wasn't doing that, her angles were almost uniformly terrible, you know. Rick Flair and Lacey Evans, um, Lily tearing Lily's head off, <laughs> like an awful year, like probably her worst year across main roster in NXT ever, 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 ever. So Tony Storm being gone, at the very least, gives her the cleanest of slates. I don't know how you muddy that up. I don't know if they've got any pies left. I know they've got plenty of goo, but like there is a chance here with Charlotte Flair, SmackDown champion. She can say that she's in that way that she does, in that kind of drawling promo. Well, I ran off more of my competition and almost opens the field back up, doesn't it? I would argue that you just go big. Royal Rumble season, you don't need a challenger that needs to particularly win the title, but Charlotte Flair desperately needs a good match. The Royal Rumble could do with something heated. Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, stop pissing around, go big, just give us a gift. I know she, uh, I was reading about this just earlier, she challenged uh, Charlotte, uh, I think a live show in Lafayette, possibly. Apologies if I've got that wrong. Um, And I know she may have tweaked her ankle or got some sort of injury, Sasha, this is, uh, in in, in amongst that. But I'm not saying she has to get physical tonight. You literally just have to have her say, look, I've beaten everyone here on SmackDown. I've, I've chased people off. You know, to other shows or even out of WWE, I'm that good. Heat, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then out comes Sasha Banks and you get one of quite possibly many. I mean, Royal Rumble at the moment shaping up to be a sensational show of the way we're booking it. One of many of those, yeah, we know the title's probably not going to change. We know these certain people are going to be involved in these certain matches as we look ahead to WrestleMania. But nevertheless... My word, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun ride, you know, regardless of the title change. Imagine if the Rumble, imagine if the Women's Royal Rumble was to open the pay-per-view ahead of um, Becky Lynch, like easily defeating Liv Morgan again, or Dewdrop, or whoever. it's probably going to be Dewdrop, but whoever she ends up with as a kind of makeshift Royal Rumble opponent. So you've got Becky Lynch as kind of the banker, Royal Women's Champion, and either Sasha or Charlotte as the SmackDown Women's Champion, and then Bailey wins the Rumble. Oh, it's like which which horsewoman do I want for WrestleMania? 
why have we done this to ourselves on the start <laughs> of January already? But nevertheless, let us know. Well, there's a chance. <laughs> let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Rampage and Battle of the Belts preview to come later on today, as well as Wrestle Culture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. And we'll be back Monday to review all the shows as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 